I had really just planned to show you about 22 minutes of pictures of the most beautiful grandbaby ever born. But that hasn't happened yet. If I look to my left and I'm, I see Mandy leave, who's, our, who's Amanda's midwife, this will be a really short sermon. And Robert, wherever you are, you're up next service if that happens. So no pressure. So 22 minutes of photographs was going to be it. So just anticipation for next week of the most beautiful baby. But uh, do have this one. I have no idea whose child that is. <laughs> but it's a child that looks a lot like my little baby that I can't wait to hold. Uh, so, uh, but here's the truth. Here's the truth. Uh, get that picture. Thank you. Um, the, tr the truth is that over the last few weeks, I've been asking myself a question, and I've been doing uh, quite a bit of thinking about um, what legacy am I leaving, am I giving uh, for this little baby girl that's going to be birthed into this world, hopefully today, <laughs> tomorrow, um, but what am I giving to this child and then I started thinking about, what legacy are you leaving? What legacy are you giving to uh, children in your life, to grandchildren in your life, to family, to friends? And how about the stranger? So this morning on this Father's Day, I simply want to just talk to you uh, about what is that legacy that we're leaving behind and what is it that we can do that is going to represent the legacy of Christ in us and not the world in us, but that Christ may come alive in us to such a degree uh, that we will be able uh, to be a witness for Christ in what we say and what we do. And so I just want to lead you in, in thinking about that. And, and I was given some help on Tuesday when my sister Elizabeth, who lives in Birmingham, she and I were in conversation and it was a wonderful time to remember our mother. We celebrated on Tuesday uh, my mother's uh, 10th anniversary of her death. And so my sister and I were just talking and remembering, and uh, some of those things were really exciting, uh, things we celebrated, and some of them were just some of the pranks we pulled on our mother. And it was a wonderful time. Um, but my sister remembered uh, that a year before my mother died, uh, the, one of the places that she wanted to go to was to go to uh, Disney's Epcot. That's the last place I wanted to be. But she wanted to go, and so the family gathered together, and we all took her to Epcot. And, and back then, and I, I'm not sure, I think it's still here today, uh, but back then there was, um, when you walked in uh, through the front gates, uh, there were these large um, stones, uh, granite stones, uh, and, and, and on the stones, they have individual pictures of people who wanted to leave a legacy uh, uh, on the stone. So when you walked in, there was a sign conveniently located by Epcot that says, leave your legacy here. And for a Disney nominal fee, uh, they would put your picture there. And after my sister and I were talking, I, I, I asked myself, why do people want to do that? Or why did 550,000 people give good, 
hard-earned money to have their picture placed on these granite stones. Could it be that they simply wanted to have uh, a remembrance of that uh, they mattered in the world? Could it be that perhaps you're here today and you have your face there? Could it be that you wanted to simply be, uh, to let somebody know that you matter in the world? And so, you know, the Bible says quite a bit about, about uh, leaving a legacy. Uh, both Old Covenant and New Covenant throughout the Scriptures, we have this uh, information that's provided for us about uh, leaving a legacy. Uh, look at these two per, uh, verses of Scripture. First from Proverbs 13, verse 22, and it says, A good life gets passed on to the grandchildren. Notice that it says there, a good life gets passed on to grandchildren. And then in Psalm 112, verse 6, it says, A righteous man or woman will be remembered forever. A righteous man or woman will be remembered forever. And so I, I think today, as I just spend just a few minutes with you, I, I want to review uh, what is it that we can do uh, from both Old and New Covenant scriptures that will help us identify what it is that we want to do with our lives so that we can be people who will leave a rich and lasting legacy uh, for our children, our grandchildren, our family, our friends, and maybe even the stranger and how we do that. And so on this Father's Day, uh, I simply want to help us, not just as fathers, but as mothers, uh, men and women, boys and girls, that we will be able to come to understand this legacy. And so there, there are two things, two, two, two aspects of this that really speak into my life. I invite you to take out your teaching notes. It's, they're found in your program if you're a guest with us today. Or if you're watching at home, you can just download them quickly or look at them online uh, right there at uh, Worship Live, and you can get that. Um, and we're glad to have those of you wor wor worshiping this morning um, from wherever you are in the world. So uh, here we are. We're, we're, we want to look at two things. The first thing that I think that we get from Scripture and that we get from the life of Jesus Christ is, is that we are to uh, speak with integrity. We are to speak with integrity. Uh, for the last 30 years, um, I think it's a Time magazine, he puts out a, a, a special edition uh, that has um, uh, the 30 most uh, admired men, and now in recent years, men and women, uh, in the United States of America. And of course, on this list, you'll find presidents, you'll find politicians, you'll find um, movie stars, you'll find athletes. Um, but I, th I found it very interesting as I was looking at this article uh, that over the last 30 years, up until his death on February the uh, 21st, 2018, uh, this man was either number one or number two or number three in each of the last 30 years. Uh, does anybody know who I'm speaking about? Billy Graham. Billy Graham. And, and, and I just simply uh, looked at the life of Billy Graham. I've been a, such a hero. Uh, he's been my hero uh, for all the years that I remember being in ministry. He has just been somebody who has spoken truth in such a powerful way. And as I look at the life of Billy Graham, I think that there's three things, and I just want you to write down these uh, three words on your teaching notes because I think this will help us carry the legacy forward. I think that Billy Graham uh, 
takes from Scripture, takes from uh, the Old and New Covenants, this legacy of what does it mean to be a man, or what does it mean to be a father, mother, uh, educator, uh, friend uh, to, to, to people in, in our world. And, and I think that there are three things that I think define what integrity means. Integrity for me means three things. Telling the truth, keeping your word, and the third is practicing uh, what you say you believe. You got it? Keeping, uh, telling the truth, keeping your word or making, keeping your promise, and practicing the things that you say you believe. So let me just uh, simply walk through these three very quickly with you and see if I can um, edify them in, in a way that will help you understand what I think Scripture talks about as we think about legacy. Uh, the first is telling the truth. When we think about leadership, leadership begins with trust. If you think about trust, trust begins with telling the truth. Now, I think in, 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 uh, in United States politics and in, in, in global politics, uh, and, and as we think about the church today and as we think about uh, the church of the global community, as we think about uh, corporate life, as we think about um, uh, life in local politics or wherever you may be, then I think one of the hardest things that we are confronting today is telling the truth. I, I just think it's prevalent uh, that it's become, um, it's become acceptable not to tell the truth. And that, that, is, that is one of the most important things, I think, as we think about uh, being, uh, leaving a legacy for our children is we want our children to know how to tell the truth, right? And, and, and so I, I simply want to say that I think that we must come to terms uh, with the reality uh, that we must uh, turn away from what culture is saying, no matter what aspect of culture you want to look at, every aspect of culture that I've examined uh, has come to the point where it says that not telling the truth is acceptable. And, and I just simply want to say that what Christ is saying is uh, that we must be telling the truth at all times. Now, it is very uh, easy for me to stand up here and, and to talk about culture and, and to say uh, that it's, it, it's, uh, it's inappropriate for culture uh, not to tell uh, the truth. But let me make it more personal. When was the last time you told a lie? When was the last time you didn't tell the truth? When was the last time you said, well, Tom, it was just a white lie? Or, or, or Tom, um, it, it was such a small lie, it really is inconsequential. It doesn't have any impact. Uh, on, the, on my family, my society, it, it, it's just okay. Find for me, and, I, and I'd like for anyone to interrupt me right now, find for me in Scripture where it says at any time that it's okay to not tell the truth. That's what I thought. You know, what I think Scripture is saying, what uh, Scripture says about Jesus Christ, what Scripture says about the, the disciples is that they are people who tell the truth. 
And that's the first way that I think we need to speak with integrity. The second thing that I think we need to do is we need to keep our word. We need to keep our word. I think um, uh, as we've looked at all these studies that, uh, about telling the truth and all and about keeping our word, uh, it, it says that the number one cause of resentment, the number one cause of resentment uh, in families today is not telling the truth. The number one cause of resentment. And, and that we, we must figure out how to keep our word. We must learn how to practice that. But if we continue to just uh, to do what we want to do, it's, it's not going to work. You see, I, I hear people say, in, 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 in the abundance of counseling that I do, is that I say, well, Tom, I didn't keep my word because I was too busy. Or I didn't have the energy. Or I don't have the time. See, I, I, I will tell you that I, I, I was a, a, a father uh, who was an absent father uh, for several years of my children's um, growing up. I'm not proud of that at all. But I was absent. Karen literally was a single mother. And the reason was because uh, this thing called career was doing this, and family and marriage was doing this. And, and I, I simply, uh, you know, you've heard me say this before, when I called home and told Amanda I'm going to be coming home, she was 10 years old, and she said, Daddy, don't do that, you're going to ruin our plans. <laughs> that got my attention. And wisdom, the wisdom of God came into my heart in such a profound way. Uh, well, it was really like a two-by-four. And God was simply saying, you can either continue to do this and have no family, or you can get off of this and have a family. I'm so glad that I chose to have a family. So what about you? Are you giving the excuse to your children, to your grandchildren, to your uh, family and friends, oh, I'm too busy, I'm sorry. I don't have the energy. I'm sorry. I'm too tired. What is it that in your life that uh, you need to do? What is it in my life that I continue to need to do to change the way I live my life and not allow the culture uh, to, to dictate how I live my life, but to allow the scriptures to control my life? I need to learn how to keep my word, keep my promise. The, the third that I've been thinking about is that we must practice what we say we believe. We must practice what we say we believe. You know, um, uh, there is such a thing as uh, called duality. Duality is simply uh, when uh, we are, are in church, we have one face. But when we walk out of church, we have another face. 
we are in church and we look all good and we, 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 we speak with great words and, and everything about us is good. But we walk out and we put on another mask. And then when we're, when we're confronted with that, we put on another mask. And when we're confronted with that, we put on a, yet another mask. There has to be a way uh, for us to, to not only to say we believe, but to practice what we believe so that what we believe will be an influence on how we act outside this world. No, we're not going to be perfect, but we're going to be able to, to live our lives in such a way that we will be glorifying Christ. One of the greatest detriments of the Christian uh, church today is that people are noticing us because they know that we are in church, but they also know the way we live out in the world, and they say, well, if that's what it means to be a Christian, to be a follower of Christ, I want nothing to do with that. Because we live the sense of duality. One life in the church and one life out of the church. We must learn how to practice what we believe. So we, we need to figure this thing out about how do we speak with integrity by telling the truth, by keeping our promise, by, uh, by practicing what we believe, what we say we believe. Then I, 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 I've been thinking, what is it that I want for my, for my little granddaughter? And that is I want to serve with intensity. I want to serve the gospel of Jesus Christ with great intensity. There was a research project done not too long ago. It surveyed 1,000 seventh graders. It asked them one question. One question was, what do you want to do in the world? What do you want to do with your life? The question was, what do you want to do with your life? What do you think they said? Call it out to me. What do you think they said? Uh, make money, okay? Say it again. Success, all right? Fame. Power. Be a great athlete. But you know, not a single one of them answered the question with this answer. I want to be a servant. So if I, if I ask you, oh, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? Some of you have a lot of years to go. Some of you have whatever. I, I, what do you, would you have said, I want to be a servant? No. And yet, what we have to understand about Jesus Christ is that Jesus Christ came into the world to be a contrarian, to turn the world upside down. Look at this text. Anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. We're called to be servants. Look at this text. Don't work for food that spoils. Instead, work for the food that lasts for eternal life. So many of us are so tied up with trying to uh, live a life, trying to earn a living, trying to do those things that will elevate self without thinking about how is it that we represent Jesus Christ in the world today. 
So let me simply ask you, are you serving with intensity your children? Are you serving with intensity your grandchildren? Are you serving with intensity your neighbor? Are you serving with intensity the person seated in your, in your row? Are you serving with intensity? Are you serving Christ first and power and fame and everything else second or last? I want to give you a Bible quiz. I want to give you a quiz. Let me just give you a quiz. Are you ready? Yes. All right, let's try that again. Are, are you ready for a quiz? Yes. You should know the answers to this because this is what culture and society says is very, very important. Are you ready? Question number one. Name ten people who won the Nobel or Pulitzer Prize uh, in the last five years. Name, name the people who won the Pulitzer Prize. These are really important people now. Who has one? Okay, Barack Obama. I don't hear a word coming out of you. Do you, do you know who they are? Let me give you a second, okay? You, you all got a zero for that one. You got, I'm sorry, you got one. So let me give you a second name. Name the last half dozen Academy Award winners for Best Actor or Best Actress. These are important people now. Millions and millions and millions of tabloids are sold because of this one question. We, we in culture and society say, this is important. Give me the third question, please. Name the most valuable player in, uh, in, in, in the NFL. Who, for the last five years, you have to name them. Culture says we've got to know this. Who, who won the Heisman Trophy the last five years? Or, or who, who won... Who won the MVP award for the NBA for the last five years? Well, we know that. Who won this past week? Does anybody know? Leonard. Can you name five? Okay. So, so Seth Curry. Kevin Durant. Okay. But can you name all five of them? Culture and society says this is important. Let me ask you three different questions. Can you name the most helpful teacher you had in school? Uh, one of mine is uh, Coach Kuchalakis of Miami Beach, uh, seventh and eighth grade physical ed teacher. To be able to pass his class, you had to be able to spell his last name on a lit match. <laughs> K-O-U-C-H-A-L-A-K-O-S. <laughs> to this day, I can still do it. But Coach Kuchalakis taught me discipline. He would line us up every single morning in lines on the basketball court. He was a former Marine. And then he disciplined us. Ray Fisher, college professor, Florida Southern College drama department, helped me to see the inside of me and that creative side. Can you name two friends who helped you through a difficult time? Danny Denton, 
Vicky Vachada. Can you name someone who taught you something worthwhile? Alan Wirtz. Number four. Can you name somebody who believed in your potential growing up? Don Benton. As the world continues to move us away from the central message of the Christian message, I believe, my friends, that we must learn how to speak with integrity. And just like all those people that you just thought of with those four questions, we must learn how to serve with intensity. Because if they had not served with intensity, I would have missed out. So let me ask you, who's looking at you? Who is experiencing you? God is calling us to live a life that will give our family and our friends, our stranger, to leave a legacy. That's my hope and my prayer. I'm going to ask the band to come on up. We are going to sing this last song. I know we're running late, but it's okay. So let me just invite us now to be in prayer. And I want you to be thinking about that person. Be thinking about that person who spoke into your heart. Think about that person that you wouldn't be who you are today because if it, if it had not been for them living in you. And as we sing the song, I just invite us to just allow the Spirit of God to flow down and to say thank you, God, for legacy. And may we be a servant that lives out with intensity your message.